we can search and still there's find there's no one like him so let's turn to the one that no one is like father we come thanking you god that you are god all by yourself your lord all alone you alone are the only one that can fill us up where we are empty to strengthen us where we are weak to give us the power to go on father at this moment we pray for your preaching power to come through me your vessel to us your people to speak a word that will fill us up that will allow us to lay our burdens down and take on your easy yoke and your easy burden so we will have rest for our souls in jesus name lord we pray amen Recovering from life's ills. Recovering from life's ills. If you can turn to our devotional reading that was read this morning to the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. And as you turn there, you might see on, on your bulletin, addressing ills. I was at a meeting and I heard a term saying how our children come to school ill and their neighborhoods are ill. And it hit me and said, man, we need to address the ills of our community. Because if a child comes to school ill, and then they go back to an ill community, they still want to be ill. There's ailments in our, in our community, in our society, that if we leave unaddressed for so long, they're only going to spread like cancer and consume and destroy everything. And, and, and we look in these ailments of our lives, a lot of these things are self-inflicted these ailments that we have. And when we look at this story, uh, this account of Jesus, it says, uh, New Living Translation, starting at verse 1, it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Verse 5, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Look at that first word in verse 9. Instantly or immediately or suddenly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. I'm going to stop right there. Recovering from life's ills. We see here in this story that there's a man that's been ill for 38 years. In this time, that's a long time because a lot of people didn't live to be that old. And so it might suggest that this man might have been ill all his life. And all his life, he lived dependent on some other people. We see there that Jesus asked him a simple question, do you want to be whole? He didn't say yes. He said, look, every time I try to, somebody beat me to, to the place where I try to be whole. And, and when we look into the text, if you study the text, look, drop a pin at verse 3. It, uh, a lot of older texts don't have verse 4. 
that says an angel comes down from God and stirs up the water. But yet, it leads to a suggestion because we see in verse 7, he says that when the water is bubbled or when it's stirred up, somebody beats me there. So it might be that they led to believe, and they might have added that in, that they believed that something troubled the water that made them to be whole. And also to suggest, look here, that all of the eels, all of the eels, it said the blind, the lame, the paralyzed were all in one part. All those who are suffering from affliction all gather in one place. And they gathered, I would say, at the place of hope. They had hopes of being whole. They had hopes of being healed. They had hopes that their situation could be changed. So they gathered, trying to wait for an opportunity so when the water was troubled, that their lives could be changed. But this man, for over 38 years, was waiting for his change to come. There are many ills in life. Just as all those were gathered, there were some blind, there were some lame, there were some paralyzed. There's many ills in our lives. A lot of us have a depression. A lot of us have a, a, a schizophrenia. A lot of us have a broken heart. A lot of us have a, 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 an attitude that we're so against open up our hearts because we've been hurt so more that we push everybody away. A lot of us have an opportunity that when we see things in front of us, we always take advantage of them because we got sticky hands. A lot of us have some ills in our lives that cause us to do things that end up not just hurting us but others around us. Jesus noticed that this man was ill for 38 years. I'm so glad that you look at this text and it says that Jesus, at the time of the festival, goes to Jerusalem and he's in this place where there's people that need him and he happens to notice one individual. Don't you feel like that sometimes? That you might be amongst a crowd, but you're hoping that Jesus sees you. Have you not been there? Maybe you went to go see someone faint, somebody excited, and you was waving, hoping that they waved at you. I heard people giving reports that when, when, when President Obama, they come to Peoria, and they were waving outside a caterpillar. They said, he waved at me. Sure he did. Out of all those crowds, he picked you out and he waved at you. I, I know he did. Yeah. That's how we feel. We, we want to feel so special, so by ourselves, that when we cry out, we hope that somebody hears our cry, sees our need, and meets us where we are. That's what Jesus does. That's what the story highlights. Look, look, this man was in need of desperate help more than anybody else. Because look here, he says every time he tries to, by the time he gets there, watch this, watch this. This is Samuel Duran's translation. I'm always a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Have you not been there in life? That once you got everything to put together, you once got there, you found out you were late. And you missed the opportunity. You, you thought you had everything together. You thought you prepared everything just right, but you were late. I, I, I happened to me before that I woke up, got ready, went somewhere, and it was the wrong day. And they, then, they, then they had the, the courtesy of telling me, so it's tomorrow. I said, like, Lord have mercy. I got to go through all this again? And that's how life is, that many times we try to prepare ourselves for stuff that we're about to meet, but yet we are still unprepared. Try, try as you must. Try as you might. But you still can't prepare for what days will come. But yet we, we saw here that there was this suggests that these ailments that they had, that there is a solution. Isn't that good news? That they were paralyzed, they were blind, they were lame, but yet they had hope of being healed. Isn't that good news? 
isn't good news in knowing that you might be in a condition in your life. You might have ailments in your life. You might be bereaved. You might be sick. You might be ill. But you can realize that when you go to the doctor or you go to a friend, you have hope of hearing some good news. And you look at here that this man, this man su suggests that his solution can, can be in the water. But yet the problem was he could never make it to the water. Some of us might have that same situation. We feel our solution might be in some money. But you can never get into some money. And you keep on thinking, if I just had enough, I could make it. But you still get some, but it's never enough. All I'm trying to suggest that no matter how much you put stock in things in this world, it's never going to be enough. But it does suggest that there is many solutions, but there's only one right solution. Many of you have, have done that before, that you've weighed your options. Uh, uh, when it came time for college, I, I looked at all the different colleges I suggested I wanted to go to. I, I made out my applications. I wrote my many different letters just to find out which one might be the right one for me. Not just the one that accepted me, but would I get to the one I wanted to go to. Uh, same situation when you have scholarships. You fill out those applications for those scholarships, hoping that you get selected and get the right scholarship that you're appealing for. The, you don't want the $200 one. You want the first place one. You want that $1,000 one. But you know, sometimes when you need whatever you need, you take what you take. And the same thing with a job. Some of us always want to apply for that right job, but we may not get that right job, but you will satisfy, you should be satisfied with just any job. But too many times in life, we, we, we are so prideful, we get so caught up that we are, we are found a solution to our ills, but it's not good enough. Any job can solve a broke pocket. But we get so prideful and say, I'm not going to flip any burgers. I'm not going to work the graveyard shift at a grocery store. I'm not going to get up early to deliver some newspapers. I'm not going to be the one filling your gas up in your car. But when it comes, push comes to shove, I think you will realize that any money is better than no money. And, 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 it, and it's a humbling thing when you realize that you try to supply your own solutions, but yet when you humble yourself, you open yourself up to better solutions. We see here in the text again, Jesus sees this man is ill for how long? 38 years. Have anybody ever suffered situations in your life and it seems for a long, long, long time? You realizing why things don't ever go your way. Trying to figure out why does everybody seem to be picking on you. Wondering why things always seem to fall apart. Well, sometimes we need to do some self-check and see what they are. Because too many times, just like this man, we'll blame somebody else for our lack of ability. He didn't say, I was unable to get there. He says, I don't have nobody help me out. Did you not see that in the text? He said, do you want to be healed? I have no one to be there with me. And by the time I do, somebody beats me down. Sounds like some of us. That, that somebody asks you, how come you're not doing something? You can always say, because so-and-so has stopped me. But yet, you're not alone because Adam and Eve did the same thing. God, God comes out and says, uh, Adam, where are you? Uh, I'm hiding, God, I'm naked. Who told you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? God knows a lot of stuff, don't he? Is that woman you gave me. She's the reason why. Adam passed the blame. He said, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else. Eve, uh, did you eat from, uh-uh, it was that serpent. 
Since go back to the beginning of time that when we get asked questions from God, it's easy for us to deflect and put it on somebody else. The reason why I'm in the situation that I'm in. I'm here to open up your eyes and make you to realize that you need to do a self-check and realize what's sin in my life. It's causing me to go back to the same old, same old things. We have ills in our lives. Think about the ills. We have murders. Murders is, is, is an ailment in our society. It's an, it's an ailment that we, your children can't play in their front yard because a stray bullet might hit them. It's an ailment when children are scared to walk home after school thinking they might not make it all the way down to the end of the block. It's, a, it's an ailment when, when you are scared even in your own city to go to certain parts of the city. It's an ailment that you're scared to go to certain malls because you're scared you might not walk out with your wallet. It's an ailment when we live in a community that we are scared of those that look like us. But yet, I'm so glad that change can't happen. Because there's many, there's many solutions, but there's only one right solution. And we see here that Jesus asked him, asked him, do you want to be whole? He, he didn't ask him how he's going to heal him. He asked him, do you want to be whole? The man says, well, I can't make it to the water. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says, get up. Pick up your mat. Walk. Three imperatives he gives this man. Three commands he gives this man. Can I take some time with that for a moment? First he tells him to get up. What does that mean? That means that you're about to change from the situation you've always been in. All your life, for 38 years, you've been laying on this mat, laying. But now I'm telling you to get up. When I look in this text, I do not see Jesus putting out his hand to help him up. I don't see Jesus waving somebody else to come and help him up. I see Jesus specifically speaking to this one man and telling him to get up. What is that saying? Many of us are caught wallow in our own sin, in our own guilt, in our own depression, and Jesus simply telling you to get up. The beautiful thing about how you can get up means that once you're down, there's always up. You can't get any low, so you can always look up. And I heard, I look up to where my help comes. And all my help, what? Comes from the Lord. Who is speaking right here in the text? The Lord. And some help came. Do you want to be whole? Jesus knew what the man wanted. The man did not know how to attain it. But I'm so glad Jesus stepped in at this time and told him to get up. Stop laying here waiting on someone else to take you out where you desire to be. Stop laying here on your own sorrows, your own depression, but get up from your current state to change to your new state. How did he change to his new state? He picked up his mat. He picked up this pallet. This pallet is what the poorest of the poorest would lay on. This pallet was all his home. It's what he had that they probably might have carried him on because they couldn't, he couldn't walk. This pallet, but he told him to pick it up. Pick up where he used to be. Take, take your source of comfort, which you've been comfortable with. Pick that up. In other words, it means get rid of that. No longer do you need that. This source that, that has you handicapped, this source that represents where your current status is, now you can remove this, and this no longer has to be your current status of life, but it can be changed. So I, I tell you to get up. I tell you to, to pick up that mat. Don't leave it there for someone else. Pick up that mat. You don't need that mat. Nobody else will need that mat anymore. That was your mat. That was your past. Pick it up and walk into your present and into your future. 
Walk means that you were once unable to walk on your own. You, you was waiting for somebody to walk you down to that pool. Now you can get up and walk around the pool. You, you, you waited on somebody else to get you down, and now you can help somebody else get down there. Pick up your mat and walk. Aren't you glad how God can change your current situation? You see, in, in society today, we, we have people that make us doubt that change can happen. We have 13 homicides already in the city of Peoria. Because of that one that just happened on that Saturday morning or that, that, that Friday evening. And, and, and you look at that, that you understand that homicides can cease. You see, homicides can cease. Why, how can homicides cease? When someone knows the Lord, then you know how to love, you know how to forgive your brother man. You know how to turn the other cheek. You know how to bless and curse not. Is that not what the word of God says? Isn't it amazing how we, don't you see the change in your life? Because I know if you talk to Sam some 20 years ago, Sam be out there in the schoolyard. If you put Sam down off the monkey bar, he might now get up and kick you in the side of your head. And as I mature in the Lord, I realize I put these childish things away and say, Lord, uh, that's not what you call me to do, go and smack somebody every time they smack me. But, Lord, how can I better love somebody? You'd have got Sam maybe just 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Sam might have cursed you out and told you about yourself. But now when I read the word of God, the word tells me that, Sam, uh, you need to control and tame your tongue. How much more will somebody else change when they realize that you don't have to live in a life of crime anymore? You don't have to live in a life of lust and, and giving in to this worldly world anymore. You don't have to, as in 1 Peter talks about how we've been saved from these earthly lusts. You don't have to live to satisfy these earthly lusts anymore, but now you can live in some peace and in some joy. We heard it from the Christopher Wallace, better known as Notorious B.I.G. Said more money, more problems. How true it is in this world that we want something that, that we think is going to bring better life, but it always brings more calamity and more problems. We always want more. We live in a capitalistic society that, that tells you they want more and they get more and get more. But Christ is telling you to forget about getting more, but get less. It says, put yourself last. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, all this righteousness. I came to serve and not to be serving. And so we realize when Christ has set the example, we can look at this man and realize, don't be so self-centered and think it's all about you while you're in a calamity, but look into your life. Because these three commands God, Jesus gave to him, but watch what happened once he found out who healed him. When he found out who healed him, then he said, you now sin no more. Or something worse may come upon you. Y'all see that right there in the text? Keep your Bible open. Try your best not to fall asleep. So you see, I'm not telling you a lie. It says it right there. Sin no more. Or something worse will come upon you. The Bible tells us to not fear man because man cannot do anything with you. Has no heaven or hell to put you in. It says, do not fear the one that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy the soul and the spirit. You see how sin can destroy us. It can crush us. Sin, you think, you think this man, he said, Jesus broke it out. You thought it was bad being lame for 38 years. Something worse than that can happen. Now, how many of y'all have been sick before and you've been wrecked in pain? You think, can it get any worse than this? Yes, it can. <laughs> but yet Jesus let him know that you can avoid this by sinning no more. 
The same thing in our world, we can solve these calamities with, with eliminating sin no more. I'm not trying to say that we will be living a perfect life and that we will never sin, but the thing is this, that we will, not, we will just sin less. But we live in a world where those who find occasions to sin, and it's okay, because they feel that God can't see them. They think that they can get away. But look in this text. Jesus went to where all those who were ill were. And he looked at the one who was 38 years of dealing with this illness. And he spoke only to that one that was dealing with this illness. Has me to think about when you look at the whole world, how wonderful God is, that he can see all, but yet he can see who needs us most. Because when we are at our weakest, then God shows us his strongest. This man seemed to be the weakest of all of them, but then he became the strongest of all of them. This man was in the worst condition of all of them, it seems to be, and the longest condition, but Jesus changed his condition. And look how he changed his condition. He did not lay his hand on him. He did not spit on the ground or make some mud and put it on him. All he did was speak the word, and he was healed. And then when he spoke the word, we saw obedience to the word. Jesus said, get up. The man got up. Jesus said, roll up the mat. The man rolled up the mat. Jesus told him to walk. He was walking. How do we know? When he was walking, the Jews saw him and said, how told you to carry your mat? He says, the man who told me to get up and pick up my mat and walk, he's the one. Who is he? I do not know him because it said, Jesus escaped through the crowd. When you look in that text, it shows again how Jesus was not trying to grandstand. He was not trying to show off. He was not here trying to say, look at me, look at me. But he was trying to point everybody back to the Father. And then it said Jesus was looking for him. And when he found him, he told him, sin no more. The man realized, then he goes back and tells him, it was Jesus. How many more of us realize when God has changed our lives, we need to go tell somebody else, it was Jesus who changed me. We live in a world nowadays that we want to give credit to somebody else. We want to get on to somebody's TV show and say, how you changed my life. If it wasn't for you, I would never have lost this weight. If it wasn't for you, I would never have found this. If it wasn't for you, I would But too many times we point at people that are nothing but tools in the master's hands. Do you go to a master carpenter and tell him that's a great hammer that you use to build my house? Without that hammer, you could have done nothing. No, you look at the carpenter and says, you know how to use those tools and look at the magnificent thing that you have made. Or do you go to an artist who painted a beautiful picture and says, man, that's a wonderful paintbrush that painted that picture. <laughs> but how many times have we done that to God that we said, God, I don't see you doing it, but I've seen that tool, uh, and I'll give that tool all the glory. I'll give that tool all the credit. That man thought it was the pool that was going to heal him, but Jesus let him know it is I. That can change your situation. Uh, yes, there might be some many solutions people have told you, but there's only one right solution. And that solution is me. Have you took all your problems to Jesus? Have you taken all your ailments to him? The Bible tells us to cast your cares unto the one who cares. The Bible tells us the God of all comfort can comfort us in our needs. The Bible tells us that when we are weak, then we are strong in him. The Bible tells us that no war weapon formed against us shall prosper. And all this is, is preference on the promise of the covenant relationship that we have of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. When this man took the faith of believing the word, this man told him, he told him to get up. He believed he could get up, and he got up. He rolled up his mat in belief of what he told him, and he walked. And cast this, he did this knowing that the Jews were going to chastise him because there's opposition in your healing. 
Yes, 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 yes. We can recover from our ills, but just as you can recover from your ills, there's people that are trying to keep you in the state that you're in. I just want to let you know you need to leave them people behind. Leave them alone. Because they will never celebrate with you. Did they celebrate with this man? This man been there 38 years. You think they might have recognized him? All they did is say, I see you carrying that mat. And that's unlawful. That's not right to do on the Sabbath. I like how John put it. He, John pointed out the man was healed, but it was on the Sabbath. And since it was on the Sabbath, it was unlawful for them to do that. But look what Jesus tells them, that God never stops working. Oh, y'all sort of got excited about that. That God never stops working. He let them know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all think the Sabbath is a time of rest and God's, but look here, I, am, I and the Father are one. And when they heard that, they got upset. We're going to kill this man. You see, we live in a world that wants to oppose us when we want to give our lives to Christ. But when you're living in sin, they will support you. So how, how, what you talking about? Just look on your TV. What's glorified? Why do they always talk about who's the most sexiest? Why do they want to talk about who got the most money? How, why else would they make a movie about a rapper that was dealing drugs, get rich, and die trying? Because it's glorified. How else uh, can they sell a game that makes more money than all the other games? Grand Theft Auto. We live in a world where we sensualize, we glorify the dark side and crime and, and how they can get away with it. We like that because it appeals to the senses. That's why the serpent is always crafty trying to hide and disguise what we think is okay. Uh, we make things all right and permissible by just being silent. But when we stand up for the word of God, we're going to see some opposition come our ways. But opposition, as we talked about last Sunday, will give you some pressure and you can be good under pressure. I want you to grab here that no matter what you're facing, the illness in your life, that there is a solution, and there's only one solution, and that solution is Christ. That's why Isaiah says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's why Second Peter says, by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promise, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And that's why Paul says, I am convinced, I am persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why he got excited, said, be steadfast and be immovable, knowing that your work is not in vain. That's why we can realize that as much as the world tries to afflict us and, and try to put air and pains are upon us, but we can be healed from this sin sickness and no longer be slaves to sin, but now be under and be under the covering of his grace. Recovering from life's ills means that no longer you look for somebody else to help you to your solution. You no, no longer look at something else for your solution, but you look at the only one who can speak to your life and bring healing to your situation. When you look at the text, did the water speak? When you look at the text, did the water ever come to meet him? When you look at the text, he needed help to get to the water, but look where the help came. Grab here, God sees your need, and help is right there available. 
and he asked him, do you want to be made whole? He is able. Are you desirable? Are you desiring to be healed? Because healing's available, and all you got to do is pick up. Get up where you are. Don't stay there no longer. Roll up your mat and walk in favor of the Lord. He told him how to walk. He made clear how to walk. Walk and not sin. Y'all see that? So you see sin, you go the other way. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the wicked one. Trust in the Lord in all, this, in all your ways and lead not to your own understanding, but in all your ways to trust in him. He will direct your path. Another turn and say, he'll make the crooked path straight. I want you to grab this. There's one solution. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. I am the good shepherd. I am the truth. I am the way. When you look to him, you can see that on Calvary, he paid your debt. On Calvary, he took over all of your pain and suffering. On Calvary, he took away the ills that sin causes. On Calvary, he removed the pain that sin causes. On Calvary, he gave us a new lease on life. On Calvary, he defeated death and the grave. On Calvary, he defeated the sting of sin. On Calvary, he set us up to get a new glorious body when he comes back. On Calvary, he brought us back to being whole. And God can make you whole. This world will always leave you empty. But God can make you whole. So you can recover from your life ills by allowing Jesus to speak in your life. Hear his word. Hear his cry. Let we bow our heads. Gracious Father, we come to you, God. We open up ourselves to you to hear your cry. Lord, we want to be awakened to your word. Father, Lord, forgive us of our sins, Almighty God. Forgive us for relying and depending on others to help us out of our situations. But, Lord, here we come back to you now, asking you to speak, and your servant is listening. Send us, God, and we will go. Father, we will be still and know that you are Lord, that you will be exalted above. Father, we are truly thankful that you are our present help in a time of trouble, that you are our light, you are our strength. Whom shall we fear? So, Father, we realize the enemy is trying to destroy us, trying to distract us, trying to disable us. But, Lord, we know that you are able to make us whole. So, Father, we come to you with a repentant and a confessing heart, entrusting our lives with you, that you will speak in our lives, and we will walk in obedience, trusting in you. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. May we stand as we extend a hand of discipleship. Is someone here?